This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Canada's first ministers, uh, premiers, and territorial leaders meeting in Halifax today. Yeah, they're in Halifax. Um, and uh, the, this, the original plan, as often is the case when it comes to the first ministers meeting, is to talk about health care. And that's on the agenda, and that's where they were going to start. But then everything got flipped um, last week or the week before um, when uh, the Liberals came along with the, the latest crisis of their own making, um, which is the ongoing chaos around the carbon tax. There will be a motion in the House of Commons Today, Conservative leader Pierre Polyev uh, calling on Ottawa to extend its carbon price suspension on all home heating fuels, not just heating oil, primarily used in the Maritimes. And he has the support of Rachel Notley, Chuck Bean Singh, Rob Ford, David Eby, you name it. Everybody says, yeah, this this is patently unfair. Um, so, is it? That's where we are. We've got this carve-out for the Maritimes and other provinces looking for similar carve-outs as well. Um, Some people say that's it. The carbon tax is toast. It can't survive. The Liberals have killed their own signature policy piece. But our next guest says, wait a minute, wait a minute. There is some nuance. There is some gray area here that we need to talk about. So uh, let's chat with Markham Hislop now, an energy journalist and publisher of Energy Media. Markham, how are you? I'm just fine, Shay. How are you? Good. Nice to chat again. Um, a lot of people, some pretty well-known analysts and people that you know, uh, have written some columns saying, you know what? Carbon tax is dead. This is it. The Liberals have killed their own signature poly piece, uh, policy piece. You don't agree with that, right? Well, when the Prime Minister made the announcement, uh, there was some backlash amongst, uh, well, many economists, actually, who, you know, have expertise in carbon pricing and had supported uh, the uh, design and implementation of the carbon price, you know, for quite some time. I mean, Alberta's had one uh, since 2007 and and uh, then got uh, a, a consumer carbon tax, uh, you know, what, 2016, 2017. It's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the economists like their policy uh, elegant and neat. Sure. And you can't blame them. You know, they are, they argue that if you just price carbon at uh, high enough, at a, you know, high enough price, that you will get, you'll get results. And I, I interviewed Dr. Chris Bataille, who's a well-known economic modeler, and he said, look at Sweden. You know, Sweden's had a, a carbon price over $100 a ton for years and years now, and it, and it has had a fair amount of success. And we're, we're now at $65 a ton. And so, you know, it's still too low, really, to have, he would argue, to have a big effect. Um, but then I interviewed Dr. Mark uh, Jacquard, who's a you know, well-known um, uh, economist, and he said, look, the carbon price can't do everything. And this is a big debate amongst economists, I think. Mm-hmm. You need to have other policy tools at your disposal. You need to have regulations. You need standards. You need mandates, maybe subsidies. All of these tools together combined with carbon pricing is the best way to go. So when the, the, the government carved out you know, did a, a carve out for Atlantic Canada because it was part of a program to promote heat pumps to replace uh, to replace heating oil. Uh, this, you know, it's not that unusual. 
And and so the economists I talked to said, no, carbon pricing is alive and well. Don't worry about it. Okay. Now, those are economists. Politics is something different. And oftentimes, although I'm not arguing with what you're saying, and you're right, um, politics sometimes doesn't care about those sorts of things, as you know. So now we've got rank-and-file politicians saying it's unfair. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, when when one region gets something that other regions don't get, you know, there's always a hue and cry, and the premiers are calling for equal treatment and so on. But you know, I I have to point out to to Alberta uh, that there is I wouldn't call it a carve out so much, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of an exception, if you will, a break and that of is some kind. Out- Output-based pricing that's applied to oil and gas, and what that what that is the the whole point of it is to is to provide a discount on the carbon price for companies that are facing competition from jurisdictions that don't have carbon pricing. Uh, so cement is often and steel making are two examples mm-hmm. that, that need this because you don't want you don't want to unfairly disadvantage Canadian companies that then say hey you know what our economics uh, don't work anymore yep. we're going to go pick and pick up and move to the United States or sure. some other place it's carbon leakage is what it's called uh, and but this has been applied to the oil sands for years now uh, started under the Notley NDP government and they basically get about an eighty roughly an 80% discount. So that means that the 100% of the carbon price is applied to 20% of their production, and the other 80% gets no carbon price at all. And so I looked up uh, Suncor, for example, had in their sustainability report for this year, they said that they pay about 48 cents a barrel for car- for a carbon, carbon tax. tax. And it'll go up a little bit, you know, over the next decade, they expect it, it'll average around $1.70. Well, they're, they're, the prices they're getting for their for their products, depending on what grade uh, of oil we're talking about, range from about $60 up to $90 a barrel. So is $0.48, cents, you know, really much of an incentive for them to decarbonize? Well, the, the data suggests not, because, it, you know, yeah. emissions are still rising in the oil sands. It's a rounding anyway, that's, an ex- that's an example of where governments design carbon pricing policies trying to accommodate the unique circumstances of different industries. And I think that's what the federal government was doing here. And like you said, politics and policy are not the same thing. And that's the thing. You're talking about, and a lot of people will make all kinds of, um, I don't want to say excuses, but concessions for business, especially key uh, business that drive a lot of employment and economic activity. So it's like, okay, yeah, we need to be able to compete on the world stage. That makes sense to me. But when you start saying, hey, uh, somebody living in New Brunswick doesn't have to pay carbon tax to heat their home, but somebody living in Prince George does, then you can see the unfairness. So can Trudeau stick to his guns on this? Because he says, we're not changing what we've done. We're staying where we are right now. That's a very good question. And the there's been a change, I think, in Canadian attitudes towards the carbon tax. You know, three, four years ago, the Canadians were much more supportive now because there's been a lot of political opposition to it, that it was led primarily by the, the federal conservatives. Uh, that's that's changed quite a bit. And so fewer Canadians, I think maybe even now a little less than a, a, a you know, 50%, if I recall the, the latest polling, uh, support carbon pricing. And so, you know, Trudeau is going to have to do a calculation. You know, we've, we've made, we've, we think this is good policy, that it makes sense. It, and they've described it as a pilot project. 
you know, we're going to do this over here for a couple of years, and if it works, then we're going to expand it to other provinces. And they might just say, you know what, it it probably what is a, we're going to get a lot more political heat than this is worth. It's a pilot project only. Why don't we extend it to some of the other provinces or all of the provinces and take the political heat off? I could see that being, uh, you know, one one thing, to, one way the, the government might go. I think you're right. I, I don't think they can continue to. I mean, it's just I don't know you've got the entire country sort of nipping at your heels and saying this has to be done on the other side of it. Um, like you say, what does it mean for um, you know, our, our, our climate policy in this country, because this was the signature piece. The carbon pricing was a big part of what the Liberals did, and we know they've been very focused on this. Does it show an erosion in Canadian support for all of this climate policy? And have they gone and uh, pushed us back in terms of what we were doing in terms of climate change and all the rest of that uh, you know, over the last, when they came in 2015? Have they undone all of that? Well, the economists I interview say no. Okay. From a policy point of view, they they say no. You know, this is this is not a big deal. It's a tempest in a teapot. Yeah, it'll it'll now. On, is it a, a political issue? Like, a, a, you know, has it has a support a political support been eroded? Uh, I think it's still. I think we. You know, as I just mentioned before, I think there has been some erosion. Yeah. Will we see further erosion? I. It's still too early to tell. Uh, and we'll see how the Liberals manage this, this issue. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to track as always. Uh, Markham, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Always a pleasure, Shay. Take care.